Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, Stephen, this is our first official episode of 2020. I guess outside of, of Goaty, but that, that feels like a 2019 holdover. It just so happens that it came out on the first. Yeah, you know? this is our first normal episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see if that is the case, though, as we get Given into Given the lineup of things we're talking about, normal <laughs> yeah. has gone out the window in the pre-production phase. At first, I thought it was season three, but then I realized we do seasons in june um right for so, e3 e3 is is the uh the new year for video gamers and oh god but <laughs> if uh if if electronic three is no more which it might not be this year we'll just mark like sometime in june is our season uh point yeah we'll find our actual anniversary and we'll celebrate it is this year um no diamonds is is the first year is it cardboard is <laughs> is the second anniversary i don't know I think maybe what we should do is if E3 is no more, we should just compile news that we like and have our own little E3 on the show. You know? <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. We'll both wear bad t-shirts with the sports jacket over yeah, it. The blazer, like, yeah. This is the biggest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're adding a touch sensor to the Nintendo Switch that lets you see your heartbeat while you're playing Tetris 99. Gears of War 6 Pong on your phone. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we are not talking about that today. We're talking about a lot of... Honestly, this is like... Today's episode is like when you go to the groceries and you walk out with like soap, a durian, and like paper towels. I don't know why I needed these three things, but that's what I needed. <laughs> it's, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where you walk up to the register and you're like, I wonder if they're going to read into this too much. Yeah, I'm buying Band-Aids, shampoo, and a banana. Like, right. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a hand axe and aloe. <laughs> I actually think the weirdest thing I ever bought, my friend worked at, I think, a Rite Aid at the time, like in high school, and I bought like a thank you card like uh man and tail conditioner and band-aids <laughs> like what happened what are you apologizing for or thanking someone for thank you yeah, for, was, thank you for my gushing wound <laughs> when, my, when my hair was longer i used man and tail a lot honestly laugh away it's great conditioner it's yes it's used for horses as well but it's also for people yeah um yeah on the bottle it's like for horse use and then for human use it's pretty embarrassing that's but awesome i love when that. you got a thick head of hair like me you gotta do what works right yeah absolutely um anyway we're talking about wadham <laughs> <laughs> honestly all of that great intro for wadham it really is uh we streamed this recently which felt more like a dream we just kind of astral projected onto anyone willing to look yeah um but wadham <laughs> is a new game it came out like right on the tail end of uh of 2019 the uh, at this point it, it's the new year um when this episode comes out happy 2020 uh, yes but at the end of last year wadham graced us with its presence and it is published by annapurna uh, developed and created by the creator of Katamari Damacy, um, which is a game that means a lot to both of us. Mm -hmm. um, so I was super excited. It kind of came out of nowhere. I just saw like footage of it on Twitter and I was like, I need this. It was almost like an emergency. Um, yeah, I, I think you it. and I bought it the second we both realized it was out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on. It's definitely on PS4. I think it might be on everything or is it just PS4? I'm not sure. Let me look that up real quick. I would love if it was on Switch, but I don't think it is. It might be just PS4. Okay, it's on Windows and PS4. Um, <laughs> originally, it was being published by um, SIE, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment. They're like first-party developer. Yeah. 
who I think dropped it for some reason. Like they weren't gonna work. They weren't gonna publish it anymore. And then Annapurna picked it up. Thank I God. Get it. Thank you, Anna. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, but Annapurna, who like honestly, uh, you know, worth reflecting again on last year. Annapurna like killed it last year. They yeah. they made some. I mean. Considering they're so new to the space of yeah of production and distribution, like their selections have been all incredible so far. Yeah, really, really exciting. I can't wait to see what's coming next. Like, yeah. So Annapurna published this game, um, and it like makes Katamari Damacy look like The Last of Us. It is so pure <laughs> chaos. The concept is you are the mayor, or at least you start as the mayor, who is a green cube uh with a top hat uh at the very beginning uh is crying why am i so alone and like a dark map and yeah and that's how the game starts it's just a big um, circle with a spotlight on him as he just weeps yeah and then as you navigate the map you slowly uncover more characters and the first character you meet is like a rock or something like a it is yeah it's a, it's like a pebble yeah and then it says like welcome back pebble or something mm-hmm. uh, and they all have names and what i really like is you once there are more characters you can shift who you're controlling with the right analog stick in that case i can actually see why this might be good on pc because you can just drag your mouse around but right. um whenever you're controlling a different character the melody of whatever the music is is a different instrument so um i really like that touch it's it's a really it also adds to this feeling of like chaotic ensemble <laughs> um and uh Pretty much, like, once you get, like, a few more characters, it just, like, really skyrockets in a direction that is just so chaotic and fun. Yeah. Uh, I think, I Skyrocketing think is, is I think, a great verb to use yes. uh, in this case because at a certain point really early on, the mayor discovers that if he takes his hat off, there's a small bomb under his hat uh, that allows you to what they just call kaboom. Um, and, and kabooming just means that the bomb goes off and you and whoever else is in the vicinity just goes flying into the air and they yeah. love to go kaboom they everybody love loves going kaboom i think yeah. it literally says in the game everybody loves to go kaboom right and only the mayor can kaboom <laughs> right that's the big thing the mayor has never taken his hat off before yeah it's really amazing they always say in uh, screenwriting to start where the action is and i love that we are now like 50 years into the mayor's life and for the first time he's decided to take his hat off that is yeah. good that's that's good writing <laughs> to yeah. start with the kaboom <laughs> Um, so once you get a few more characters, like the, you can climb on each other, you can hold hands and run kind of like a Midsummer-esque circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like Midsummer. It really does. It feels like you're beginning a cult, but like yeah. in, in the most positive way. Eventually, like weird airships of more characters come back. And like, so the first one is like a big tree and, and uh, the tree can like suck in characters and then they pop out of the tree as like fruit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and then like a mouth and salt and pepper arrive and as the mouth you eat everyone and they come out of you as poop um yep for like no other sentence could describe how that works it just is what happens that just is what happens yeah there's really no so like can't even everyone really. everyone is kind of going through a constant change and like you're it's always saying welcome back whatever welcome and back poop yeah it's just so okay I, I couldn't believe what i was playing for the first like like the stream that we did you and i are just like are <laughs> our mouth like our jaw dropped but like never closed again we were just like this is a dream this yeah it was great. just the two of us slowly losing our minds for like an hour <laughs> it was really incredible um but eventually there's some light 
puzzle elements that make it a little bit more grounded uh like there's you know when you're the mouth you have to eat everyone and then um you have to stack characters to be a certain height the moment that really sealed the deal for me was you eventually have to one character needs to like get to the sun and as the balloon you take them there and like rocky music plays yeah the game is very self-aware in that way like the sense of humor is really apparent it reminds me of like yo gabba gabba as a game that's like the energy mm. i would compare this yeah, to. yeah yeah i feel that um because it has that sort of like self-awareness and but i think i and i think a lot of people have said this this is probably a really good game for kids like i think it's i think it's universal like in all ways but like this truly, for all we say of like open world and sandbox games, like this is a sandbox, literally. <laughs> yeah. This is like an actual sandbox. And um, the free flowing imagination and like the stream of consciousness leading the direction, it, it goes from like the balloon to the rocky theme going to the sun. And then you can control the sun and make the days change by like moving them around. And eventually you can zoom out so far that you can see the island you're on is like one season and you, you move all the sh- airships to the next season right and everyone is a character which is kind of cute uh, right so like winter is a character and summer is a character and you, f- and you float around as the as winter carrying all of the characters you've accumulated so far around yeah what i mean it just seems like a like a turtle on a turtle on a turtle like endless universe situation like i imagine yeah. it probably zooms out even further at a certain point point. and i think that's katamari the connection i would make is like there's that sense of scale where in katamari you start off rolling uh for those who don't know katamari uh is just the best game ever made but it's you <laughs> are rolling around this ball that like everything sticks to it and you originally start like you know on the street picking up like garbage and sticks and stuff and eventually you're rolling up people and buildings and then it gets to the point where you're like rolling up entire continents and and uh it's a really great game yeah the universe at large and yeah it's just so weird and such a good soundtrack and uh this has that energy in that sense of scale where it's less about accumulation and more about like perspective and and of people have jokingly compared this to death stranding in the sense that there is a story where they're like once there was everything and then there was nothing and like we're trying to find everything again Right. Very, 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 very broad. And like, that's kind of a very common story, but it's just funny to draw. Like someone drew uh, Sam with like the mare in his. Uh, in his yeah, like, instead of <laughs> the bridge baby. baby. Yeah. Which um, rules. And there's one point where you, like, you find a scroll and you go into a cave and the music is like NES inspired. And, they, and then it's and like, like an like, isometric dungeon crawler briefly. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Um, it's really fun. I, I would recommend it. I think it's like 20 bucks. Um, it's a really good game just to like, I don't want to say turn your brain off, but like just get swept up in something that is like so unique and, and, uh, creative it does it is like light on the on the like objective so i i felt at a certain point in the summer that like it was feeling a little bit like loose for me to like really continue playing it on my own mm-hmm. but i think this is this is a game that's really fun to play with people because you just have to marvel at, like the absurdity of it all you know yeah i mean and... it was just a straight hour and a half to two hours of us laughing like it yeah. was it was so absurd um, yeah. but, but like you said, I mean, the, the thing that really sticks out to me is just the way they've accomplished the idea of creating a sandbox, because it really is just like every character. So the American kaboom, as we mentioned, the mouth yeah. can eat people, the tree can like suck people up and spit them out as fruits. Um, but pretty much every character has some kind of interaction like that. 
Um, yeah. And the game just encourages you to use every character with every other character and like just see what kind of weird synergies exist when you are an acorn and you go up to a rock and you press the acorn button, you know, like, yeah, what happens there? What comes out of that? Is there a new character? They said there's like three to four hundred characters in this game or something, um, yeah. but you could like finish the game with, I think, a hundred of them. So it really just means you could go out and explore uh, a ton and just try all these weird combinations and see what comes out of it, which is so cool. It's so fun. Yeah. And, and it feels like it really captures the spirit of fun that Katamari had because yeah. you never knew what was going to happen next in terms like, OK, I, I suddenly got bigger uh, and now I'm like picking up a whale and that's awesome. Um, this game weirdly feels innocent. Like the first time we found another character who could kaboom, it was like a huge reveal for us. <laughs> like we, yeah, we, lo- yeah. we lost it immediately. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely is a cool follow up to Katamari. Like I love I love this creator. I, I really like their games. Um, yeah, it's it's a great time. I think I think that sense of scale is the thematic link between the two. I I generally prefer. I mean, Katamari is the perfect game, so I'm gonna prefer it to anything. But uh, the arcadey direction of Katamari, I think, grounds it so that everything else is kind of like built on top of that. Yeah, this is much more of like just like a like if you gave in. The, I mean, this is a compliment. If you gave like a group of children a bunch of paint, this is like what would happen. <laughs> you know, there's yeah, there's such creative freedom here. Like there's there's no restraint, really. And like it oddly pays off for that. You know, I think I think uh, there's enough of a there's enough of a game that it grounds it a bit. But like you're playing it just to see what happens next. And like it's really fun. It's a really it's a really positive time. I and mean, this is a fun game to like turn on if you like you know you're coming home from work or something or whatever like it's a good like wind down game um i have friends who play a lot of board games and they have like they have like smaller games where they either will play them before a bigger one or after one to kind of like cool off from playing like a you know like eight hour war game or something Yeah, yeah yeah um and I think Wadham is like the video game equivalent of that, where not to say that it doesn't have enough meat to be the main event. It certainly does if you have enough people over and you want to just laugh together. Uh, and that's kind of what's beautiful about it is like all the characters are also laughing in the game. It just it feels like a it feels like a sandbox, but like a sandbox at a playground. Um, yeah. And that's a really beautiful thing. I would recommend Wadham. Yeah, me too. It's just the kind of thing that I want to support personally because it's yeah, so out there. And, and it, I think it's yeah. oh, sorry. I think it's a testament to why. Annapurna probably chose to publish it because like it's kind of oddly in line with the stuff they choose to produce yeah um yeah in that it's like a very creative tenacious game despite being like so silly yeah look at us becoming Annapurna fans slowly over the course of this podcast I love it Isn't I that mean, wild? yeah it's yeah it's really interesting I mean I think Annapurna Apple Arcade and Devolver are like doing really cool innovative stuff a, a lot of other people are too but I, I feel like I have my eye on the three of them in terms of like new ideas. Yeah. Uh, Apple Arcade's kind of like starting to fizzle out, I think a little bit. I mean, just in terms of the splashy release with as many games as they had, you know, on launch. And then every week they've added like one or two games and they don't always hit. Like I've tried a lot of stuff that's been coming out since the launch. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't always land. Actually, it's worth highlighting just one just while I'm thinking about it because I know I'll forget, but I want to highlight it very quickly. There's a Lego game that just came out that is like if Lego made Monument Valley and it is gorgeous. It has no reason to be as pretty or as atmospheric or as wonderful as it is. It's like a weirdly serious game made by the Lego company. Um, Anyway, I just want (laughs) to I just want to highlight that. I think it's called Lego Builder um, or like Lego Puzzle Builder or something like that. But it it is it is just Monument Valley and it's beautiful. Anyway, um, yeah, the, the thing with Apple Arcade is like now now that 
you know, the launch of what was it? A hundred games came out. It's just been like two ish a week, which is still amazing that they have that much coming out still. But I think the value proposition is starting to wane a little bit over time, especially as you start to revisit those games less and less. But every once in a while you get something like Guildlings or Sign Our Wild Hearts and it makes it all worth it again. You know? Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at, where I feel like there's enough. I mean, it's sort of like having a um, like a Netflix account or anything like that, where it's like, I'm not going to watch most of what's on here. Yeah. I can't physically. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's going to be something that will make it worth my money. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just how I think for Apple Arcade specifically. Um, yeah. I'm kind of in the same camp. I'm still paying for it because I do revisit Sinar Wild Hearts constantly. Um, yeah. But I think outside of that, I don't think I'd still be paying for it unless another great thing came out, you know? Well, Gilding's Chapter 2. Right. Waiting on that. Right. Eventually when that things. happens. Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. Um, but yeah, Annapurna. Great. Also worth noting, uh, for those who like Sign Our Wild Hearts, you can get that independent of Apple Arcade, which is cool. You can just buy it and have it. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I have. Which I did too. Two times over. Um, Kaboom. Love to sing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to kaboom onto another segment or um, do you have more to yeah, say about Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Wadham. Maybe we'll bring it up again if I get farther into it, but I can't imagine it's going to change like drastically from what yeah. we just said. Yeah. It's not going to be like, really cool that they, it became a 2D fighter at the end. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think I think you do bring up a really good point, though, that it, it feels like the game that you would use to unwind from other games. I literally did do that the other night. I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I was playing another game that I'm going to talk about later. Um, yeah. And just hit like a really frustrating point and backed out and played Wadham for like an hour before I went to sleep again. Yeah. Um, which was really nice. Yeah. Cool game. Wadham. Cool game. Would recommend. When you leave it, it goes like, la, 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 la. Yeah, the best. La, la, la. It's great. Yeah, I couldn't um, hear the music as well while we were streaming because it was on your PS4. So right, right, listening to it, I, if I wanted to hear the music, I had to hear myself and you speak also, which was very uh, disconcerting. But uh, yeah, strange. being able to play it for myself with headphones on and like really digging into it just continues to hold up to the legacy of that creator and and their incredible music choices oh yeah i will follow anything that comes out from them yeah for sure maybe i'll go back and revisit what was it doki doki boy no no be no be boy yeah no be no be boy doki i'm thinking of doki doki literature club which is a very different vibe <laughs> uh, have you ever played that no i haven't, I haven't. um i've always wanted to i've only heard great things about it uh yeah yeah, yeah maybe one day we'll, we'll revisit that or visit that for the first time maybe for um, spooky season because i've heard that that game perfect. takes a turn and I don't know oh, what that yeah. turn is, but you I, don't No. Oh, my. So you just so you know nothing about it. No, I just know it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a dating sim that just gets really dark. OK, yeah, we should definitely see. I know what happens and oh, okay. we should definitely visit it and talk about it. That'd be fun. OK, that'd be great. That'll be Halloween. That'll be Halloween. For OK, sure. cool. Love to plan Oof. our October content in January. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to do something in January. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're snowed in and there's nothing to do yeah well i guess i'll um, plan my whole year i guess i'll plan my halloween nine <laughs> months early what are you gonna be honestly i probably should i always want to dress up and then i never do so maybe i should plan my costume now also uh c2e2 which is like chicago's comic-con is in february this year yeah. so i want to do something I'll, I'll see if i can muster something together yeah i dressed up as porco rosso the first time i went it was a lot of fun I didn't do the pig nose because it was a little bit of Cats 2019 energy of having like a pig snout <laughs> and a human face. Yeah. But I just wore like the pilot jumpsuit and the mustache and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the break. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, finally, something normal to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. See you there. Bye. 
Okay, here's the deal, dear listener. Uh, this is a low-key video game podcast. We uh, don't normally bring up movies to talk about, but anyone who knows us, even indirectly, knows that we both saw Cats 2019 uh, recently, and I think we need to talk about it, just to kind of move on with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, thi- I think that people... And correct me if I'm wrong, dear listener. I think people come to this podcast for the energy more than the content sometimes. Uh, and, sure. and I think nowhere is our energy more prevalent than in cast 2019 and the experience <laughs> that you and I shared <laughs> while watching it. Um, cause we went to the latest screening that was available on Christmas day, uh, which ended up being like a 10 30 screening. It was, uh, you, me and someone else. And then two people sitting in front of us and three people sitting in front of them. So there were, uh, what is that? That's it's eight people in the theater total. Uh, and everyone was there to party. I was like nervous that somebody yeah. would be there wanting to seriously. take it seriously. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I heard everyone else laughing, I was like, okay, cool. We're in good company. I mean, yeah, the, the second group that came in was literally singing Jellicle cats. I'm like, you're, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like exactly. this is exactly our crew. Yeah. What what to even start with <laughs> this movie? Like on the outset, I think the thing that's worth noting is that you know all the reviews came out a couple of days beforehand. They had headlines like I think Polygons was a uh, Cats twenty nineteen is what would happen if your third eye opened. Um, yeah, there were, <laughs> there were so other I'll ones described were... it as an endless flu, which I think is the most. <laughs> That's yeah. the most comparison. There were other ones talking about how like your brain kind of gets rewired by the time you're done watching it. And I, I read all of those thinking, okay, it's very funny. Like these reviewers are having a good time writing reviews of like an obviously horrible thing. Um, what I didn't expect was that none of that was really hyperbolic at all. Like, no, I really for the next 24 to 48 hours after our screening, any moment where I wasn't thinking about or doing something else, I was thinking about cats. When I closed my eye, this is not a joke. I want to make this completely completely clear not a joke whenever i close my eyes i saw jason derulo <laughs> every single time there's one shot I mean, in particular honestly, where he peeks his head out a window see yeah i guess yeah there's a shot where he peeks his head out a window and i saw it every time i close my eyes for about 24 <laughs> hours it really like it, it's what um people describe when they do mushrooms for the first time they're like i was different forever like that's what this feels like to me is like i'm a yeah. different and i'm a changed person now that i've seen cats the thing about your viewing of it uh, is that you didn't know the musical at all. So like right, completely fresh. <laughs> yeah. Cause the musical is also real weird. Like it's basically for those who are unfamiliar with Broadway, um, <laughs> this show is basically an excuse. Like it's, it's similar to hair or a chorus line where there is a very, very loose plot. Um, the story is based off of T.S. Eliot's, uh, old possums book of practical cats. It's like kids poems basically. Yeah. It's basically like if someone made a musical out of like Shel Silverstein's Falling Up, but like took it very seriously. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, or something like that. And like pulled a I lot made, of like sexual energy out of something that was supposed yeah, to be made if for I children. Made, like the horniest production of Phantom Toll Booth, that would be what Cats the Musical <laughs> is. <laughs> Humbug and watchdog kissing. Um anyway, so It it feels uh, like it's maybe the first fan fiction, like the first like the first yeah. slash fiction specifically. Just like cast slash audience. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's like, I'm, it's so the musical, 
the musical is basically just like a very loose excuse to showcase a number of songs and dances and there's like an undercurrent of an a plot that deals with like uh who wants to ascend basically yeah <laughs> uh so my friend katie i'll give you a shout out because we've been like cats 2019 archaeologists basically like it was like it was destroyed the minute it was incepted and we've just been like picking up the ashes and trying to ask god why <laughs> um and she said because Andrew Lloyd Webber, who wrote Cats, previously did Jesus Christ Superstar, which is a great musical, and mm-hmm. then later did Phantom. He just like did Cats sometime in the 80s. And, right. Like, it happened. Yeah. Um, she said it was like as if he did Jesus Christ Superstar and then wanted to make a musical even more religious and make Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Katie, I love that quote so much. But um, yeah, so Cats, like, credit where credit's due, like, the musical, incredible dancing. Like, if, if there's one thing to take away from Cats, there's, like, 1.5 good songs, and the dancing is actually very impressive. But the movie is edited in such a way that you never really register the dancing, and it's yeah. so, like, middle phase anamorph that you can never really be impressed by anything. Right. Like there are a couple, like there's a lot of talented people. I felt honestly very bad for most of the cast. The thing, the only time I literally said, fuck this out loud was when James Corden tries to do like self-aware jokes. And it's like, dude, no, like commit to cats or get the fuck off stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, the moment you saw Jason Derulo when you closed your eyes, even with my eyes open, I am constantly thinking about Ian McKellen standing up face in a bowl and just <laughs> licking up milk and then going meow, meow. <laughs> yeah. Just turning around. He's the only person. Sorry. He's the only cat in the entirety of the, of the musical that says meow. Yeah. Right. He's the only Worth one that noting. does it. And he says it in like almost a like Pagliacci kind of sorrowful way. And he's like, <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> almost like my cat that somehow goes, bow. <laughs> it doesn't do it. Bow, bow. Um, the weird thing about this, or my, I think just my favorite thing about our screening in particular was like, there are, the, there are the obvious things that make everybody laugh, like those moments where Ian McKellen says meow. But like, yeah. the thing that really stuck out to me and the thing that I, I loved the most and that I took away from it was the moments where nothing was happening, like the main character is just walking through a door and somebody in the theater would just fucking lose it. Like, yeah, it's I think I think you kind of your brain kind of forgets what you're watching for a second. And yeah. then in the quiet, somber moments, it suddenly all floods into your head like a flashback and and constantly. I mean, I had it a bunch where I would just start like laughing so hard I was crying at literally nothing. Just because, like, you start to remember what you're looking at. I felt nervous for most of it. Like, there's that moment where they're in, like, parts of it feel like you're watching a satanic cult begin. Yes. Like, they're like, Jellicle Cats. Cats go to sleep. Cats wake up. Cats are cats. Cats and cats. And their tails are going up. And the xylophone's like, well, it's, it sounds like the music in the basement of the first Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> and then it erupts to the, like, the da 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 And everyone, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, whatever so, instrument they use in the beginning is the most unsettling, off-putting, like, it sounds like MIDI like, thing you yeah. found at a Goodwill, like, Dragon just... Quest Dragon Quest Eleven for the PS4 slash karaoke version of Cats. Yes. Um, it's horrifying. It's a horrifying sound, and honestly, the, the perfect sound to open this movie with. Yeah. The, it's maybe the uh, only good creative decision made in the movie, is that horrible sound. I would say if you're, if you're 
curious like us about like having like because it's not even it's not even like oh it's so bad it's good it's not even like this makes the room feel like a grounded experience like this is so ethereal in a nightmarish way (laughs) yeah but i feel like you have to see it in theaters i don't think if you put this on netflix you'll just turn it off because it's so just inherently off-putting yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah you you need to be in a place where you have to stay focused yeah I want to see it like at midnight at an old movie theater with like a bunch of people. Like I think I think I, a lot of people said this might become the new Rocky Horror, and I really hope it does. I just hope I truly wish that no ill falls on the couple of actors who are like this is their first role. Like yeah. I, I honestly felt very bad, and they honestly like the uh, there's like a analog for the audience cat and Mr. Mistopheles. I think this is like his first big role, and they like do the best with what they're given. I yeah. just hope they don't like get this on their, I hope they're not like cast out because they were in cats 2019. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause it's not their fault. They, they have decided that they're going to work on a movie with Oscar winning director. Yeah. Tom Hooper, who has made movies that a lot of people love. I don't personally, but a lot of people love them. I mean, I think Le- yeah. he did King's Speech, which like he I did King's Speech, Danish movie. Girl, Les Mis. Like he's an accomplished dude. Yeah, I guess. Les Mis is like yeah. The thing, the thing about Cats is that it's not <laughs> really a great show to begin with. Yeah, and it's a tough like adapting a musical to a movie is I think one of the hardest adaptations to do. Like. Just as the medium to medium. Right. Uh, And Cats is like really just, again, it's like just to sort of like do a bunch of songs and dances and then you watch someone ascend reality at the end and leave Broadway and go to an Applebee's after and you're like, well, I guess that was something. Yeah, wait, I do uh, I do want to drill down on that. So it is worth, just to like, I, I going into this didn't really know anything about it. So I'll, I'll give you dear listener the uh the the description that was given to me the thing that sold me on seeing this i asked somebody what the plot of cats was and they said very succinctly very perfectly it's american idol but winner gets to die <laughs> which is like pretty much no log line has ever sold me on a movie that quickly um because i did not realize it was that dark and that really is all it is it's it, it is just here's a cat played by a celebrity who's debasing themselves uh here's their name here's what they do and as soon as that number is over idris elba makes them disappear and then there's another cat who introduces <laughs> themselves and then they tell you what they do and then idris elba, elba makes them disappear and it is just that over and over and over again for about i don't even know how long the movie is because it felt like the, it was five nights in a row the moment you and i and the rest of the like eight members of the audience ascended reality ourselves is at the very end when judy dench turns to the camera and literally everyone was like (gasps) like (laughs) and that scene is is literally 90 minutes long she (laughs) turns to the camera and goes like now when when you greet a cat make sure you have a can of fish because a cat is not a dog and then they're like a cat is not a dog yeah and you're like okay that's a weird way to end the movie but it's not over. Because it keeps going. And then, yeah. and then she's like, a cat may be slow to trust, but a cat is a cat, and a cat must be pet. A cat is a cat because it has a tail. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. That's just what happens. It's, why, it's like, like, what just when you think you've seen everything and you, you're like, okay, my brain has processed what I've watched. You can tell it's coming to the close. It's like, okay, they're singing the final number. They're doing the Jellicle Cat song again. It's the reprise of this. You've yeah. seen a musical before. You know how these things things end and suddenly it all like just slows down and she very slowly does she's looking away from the camera and just slowly turns and faces the camera and and breaks the fourth wall and sings not even sings just talks at you 
It's, I think it's probably from the book. I think it's like from the poems. But like once I said a cat is not a dog and we're like all very serious about it, I'm like, this is like, I felt, you know, they say that you don't use 100% of your brain. <laughs> I felt like the rest of my brain wake up and was angry that it was woken up for this moment. They're like, you could have learned to fly, but you're watching this. Right. You, you, I, I can't recommend enough seeing this movie in theaters with, a group of friends yes and just like get just leave the theater knowing that your life is forever different yeah, yeah. It, it is funny like the people in my office are now separated by people who have seen cats and people who haven't seen cats we have two halves of, of the the office and uh we walked into an email from hr that said if you've seen cats you can sit on this side of the office and you haven't you have to sit on the other because we can't intermingle anymore um, i just i just imagine someone walk into your office like seeing a group of people talking and they're like oh like, i haven't seen cats yet and everyone turns around and goes what's a jellical cat <laughs> Because that's how the musical begins. Yes. And then the the song Jellicle Cats is literally like the phrase Jellicle Cats as many times as you can do in every octave. <laughs> we were just, <laughs> before we started recording, Brent and I were literally just like expressionlessly going like Jellicle Cats and Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats and Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats and Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cats. And they go, what's the Jellicle Cat? I'm like, I'm not in your call. I don't know. I don't know what this is. That's the thing. I heard the that whole... song three times throughout the course of the, the musical, and I still don't know what a Jellicle Cat is. I think it's like colloquial for angelical, hence like ascending reality and dying. But that's totally a guess. Right. But also, like, what does that mean? in the Like, what cat is Jellicle and what isn't? I, I would want, argue I Buster for Jones is not Jellicle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you blind as a bat? Are you scared of the cat? Just like Jellicle Cats, Jellicle Cat. I actually do kind of like that song. That song, Memory, and Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, but they fuck it up in the movie. They like slow it down. It's the tempo is weird. Anyway, the the bummer. This is the thing that I think we talked about as we were walking out. The bummer of the whole movie for me is when it is good. Like. This the moment like Jennifer Hudson is great. Just unreal. She's yeah. so good. I was actually I was talking to some people at work about it. They said in their screening, people waited until she hit the high note in memory and then left. Like it just they're like It's funny because like I feel like the, the movie even recognizes that there's one moment where like the plot is like winding down. They just kind of put Jennifer Hudson in a room and she sings memory again and they're like, okay, I guess we can end the movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um yeah. So just like I feel <laughs> I feel like oddly grateful for the experience despite how hellish it was. Me too. And that's the thing is yeah. is like it's not it's not good. I didn't like I didn't enjoy watching it, but I loved being there. Does yeah. that, I like I know how how abstract that sounds and I really can only say like you will know what I mean if you go see it. Uh special shout out to Shimble Shanks the Railway Cat for being an amazing tap dancer cuz there are like Good. That was kind of half a bit, but I'm but, serious. But also, when they teleport, <laughs> when, they, when they teleport to the to the train tracks, and for some reason they're like two inches tall at that point. Like the, I so think weird. I think part of why your brain can't understand what's happening is because they never commit to what size a cat should yeah. be in the and rest like, of the world. There's one point where James Corden is eating shrimp out of the garbage. <laughs> And the shrimp is like the size of his head. So I'm like, ew, are shrimp big? Right. Shrimp. uh, Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of mice who also have human faces who are all played by children. Uh, there's like an army of cockroaches that appear at one point. That you was, just watch that's Rebel the most Wilson sickening part. Grab that's them the part where I'm like, and eat yeah, them. I, I can't. I can't watch a cat eat a human cockroach. This is too much for me. Rebel Wilson I, takes her skin off at one point, but it's twice. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's she takes her skin off to reveal that she just has more skin with also a full set of clothes <laughs> under her regular skin. And then they use that as if it's like a Chekhov's gun situation. Like you're supposed to in the theater think, oh, yeah. that's going to come back later. And then it the does. Best way, I feel like both Cats the musical and Cats the movie, especially the movie like hair. Hair is oddly a similar show. Have you ever seen hair? Uh, no, I haven't. So Harris is similar in structure where there's a very loose plot. Uh, it, it deals a lot with like the hippie movement and protest of Vietnam. And mm-hmm. it's a group of people who are like similar. Like they're all just singing their own song. And like there's not really like a ton of plot happening. But the lead is eventually drafted. And like mm. uh, there's a really kind of striking moment where it like cuts to them and they have like a military buzz cut and they're in like military garb and it's so in stark contrast to the like the just the vibe of the whole show it's a really it's a it's a it's a i like her i I think it succeeds more because like it is clearly like influenced by by that movement and uh basically without, without lack of a better phrase a lot of drugs were involved in both musicals, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But hair is psychedelic. Cats is like you're just watching someone ha- having done a lot of cocaine trying to tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all cats and they're trying to go to heaven. It's like, dude, let's go to home. Let's go home. I, I think you left out four or five plot points here. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. That's it. No, no, no. That's it. That's it's it. One very, of them really I, wants to die. <laughs> Sold. And it's somehow like I think Cats is also just the power of marketing, like the show itself, like that that VHS. Everyone had it. It was on like it was just everywhere. Like people who came to New York would just go to see Cats. It was yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I viscerally remember the VHS ad. It was the first musical I ever saw. My family took me to see Cats. Really, this, my inception and my interest in theater was Cats. I guess. Oh my god. Yeah, I think the musical deserves way more credit than the movie does. I think there's like, that's the thing. Both the musical and the movie are like an ensemble of unbelievable talent that is made to do cats. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's almost like they're competing of who can leave this production of cats. I think that's what the heavy side layer is. It's like, you're no longer in cats. You can leave. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else has to stay in cats. Oh my God. Anyway, um, did you know that, f- that Judy Dench was supposed to be in Cats originally? Well, she I mean, she like she has the majesty of old Deuteronomy. I'll say it. Well, she was supposed to be Grizabella. Oh, really? Originally. And, and she had like a quote unquote accident like a couple weeks before it was supposed to like premiere. And the like going rumor was that she was trying to like hit the eject button because she knew that she had to be in cat. But now she's in it again, which is great. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder like why everyone said yes to this. I mean, Taylor Swift was only in it for 15 minutes. She might have gotten the memo and was like, I will only be in this for 10 minutes. And Um, she's good in it, too. That's like the wild thing. By the time she shows up, you're so numbed everything that it doesn't really matter. But she like (laughs) she captures the spirit of the show for better or for worse. So she sings the number well. it's a fun song. It's also one of the better songs in the show. Yeah. McCavity, McCavity. Anyway, we've been talking about cats for like a half hour. Do you want to move on? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can start our own cats podcast. This is just like watching the movie. Is that like we accidentally talked about it for 45 minutes? I just think we literally couldn't 
not do something about cats. You wanted to do a bonus episode about it, and I held you back. I was like, no, my you're fr- not ready yeah, my for the My first inclination was January bonus episode is cats. No, no. People pay money for that. <laughs> Don't make people pay money for a bonus episode about cats. We paid money to see cats. That's true. But like, don't take that out on everyone else. <laughs> I'm going to offload my regret into the bonus episode. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Anyway. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to move on with my life. We're entering the new decade in the group of people who have seen Cats 2019. For better or for worse, that's our group. Yeah. On to the heavy side layer. Yeah. I do. I, it is worth mentioning. I do have maybe another 45 minutes worth of content about Cats in me, but... We should move on. That'll be like a weird deep web B-side we'll release. You have to really find that one. Yeah. That's not a Patreon bonus. It's just like, this exists somewhere. Yeah. Ooh. Let's revisit that idea. Don't do it. (laughs) I hate this. Get me out of here. Goodbye. (laughs) Off to the heavy side layer. Jellicle cats. Everyone's a cat. Are you a cat? Yes, I'm a cat. Jellicle cats. Jellicle cats. Everyone is a cat. No. Meow, meow, meow. I'm Gus, the theater cat. I have played every role. But you said that was me. I know I tweeted this, but what what about Ian McKellen as Gus, the theater cat, was me? I, I don't know. I just I just watched him moving around and thought, that's just Steven. <laughs> the weird thing is that I was flattered, and he's like, oh, I'm Gus, the theater cat. <laughs> he opens... Trying to drown himself in milk and then goes, meow. <laughs> I think if you cast me in Cats, that's how I, I would have followed the Ian McKellen approach. Sir Ian. Um, <laughs> the way Judy Dench looks at him also while he's singing. Also, Judy Dench like is so close to making out with most of the cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, they do this weird like head. I love it. Like do it, you know, commit to it. Mm-hmm. But like. It's just because it's because the whole movie is setting up like a weird. This is so like not effective, but they try to make a romance between Mr. Mistopheles and the lead cat. Yeah. But then like there's more sexual tension with him and Judy Dench, honestly. Yes. With everyone in Judy Dench. Yeah. Everyone is like she shows up in the fog and everyone's like, oh, my God, old Deuteronomy's back. Yeah. Hell yeah. That is the hardest I laughed, I think, is is when the fog starts to clear and you start to see Judy Dench's outline because her character design is so fucking wild. Yeah. Worth pointing out, this movie is also set in Yarnum. Like, I truly know we do the Bloodborne joke a lot, but like yeah. it is like purple and red sky and like haunted city. Yeah. It, it, is, it opens it with Jellicle Cats, the song, and then immediately goes into a dance number set in a graveyard that could just be Yarnum. Yeah. <laughs> that was the moment where I think I heard you like gasp, like out of fear. So, <laughs> like, every cat has three names. I'm like, this is Bloodborne. This is just Bloodborne. She but never cavity... gets a name at the end. They say she's yeah. a Jellicle Cat, but she doesn't get it also. <laughs> Can I just give you my headcanon for this <laughs> real please, quick? Please, please, please. So every cat has three names. There's the name that the human gives them. There's the name they give themselves, and then they have a secret name that can never be uttered. Are you saying this is the superego, ego, and id? Is that your theory? Uh, a little. Well, what I was going to say, I, I feel like what could have been a fun plot line would be that somebody says their secret name by accident, and that's how you get removed from the Jellicle Cat Society. Oh, they're like, I'm Sebastian. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Oh, God, we weren't supposed to hear that. Your name is Mr. Crap. <laughs> oh, my God. What was the song you were singing on the car ride home? All right. We had a joke because at the end, at the end, the lead cat is like, am I a Jellicle cat? And Judy Dench is like, I think you're a Jellicle cat. And then it ends. 
Um, Never gets a name. <laughs> yeah, then we added on the car right back. Your name is crap. <laughs> and then the, the song. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Everybody's talking about the cat name crap. <laughs> We've been doing that for like five days straight ever since. Everybody's talking about the cat named Crap. Our first our first cat's fanfiction is about a cat named Crap. <laughs> Who always loses the jellical ball every year. Yeah. Oh man. No dance Why number. They just get everybody's talking, talking about the cat. They're singing named about crap. themselves. Yeah. That's the thing, because in the musical, it's mostly the ensemble singing about other cats, but in the movie, it's the cats singing about themselves. Right. Anyway, I need to move on, Brendan. Like, I feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel like someone just threw me in cold water. Like, my whole body is, like, too aware of every follicle, and I, then I'm turning into a cat. Okay, we can stop. Okay. That was a break? <laughs> I feel, I feel all catsed up. I gotta take another break. <laughs> Anyway. Um, okay, let's let's talk about a, vi- a video game. Yeah, that's that might be the only movie we ever talk about. <laughs> we'll see. Which I love. We'll see. Maybe Cats twenty twenty. If this movie makes enough, where they make where they invent a sequel, it's not. It really is not. Have you seen what it's made? Yeah, <laughs> it costs a hundred million dollars, which might have just been like the cast, honestly, based on the names in there. You know. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, uh, we're still talking. We gotta about it. move we have on. To stop. <laughs> we have to move on. <laughs> Get me out of here. All right. Goodbye. See you in hell. Truly this time. Ready to go? Jellical cats. Jellical cats. It's jellical cats. And we are now back with some jellical cats. Mongo, Jerry, and <laughs> Rumpelteaser. We are notorious calico cats. I don't know if that's the lyric. I can never understand the last part of it, but that's the song that I knew growing up was Mongo, Jerry. And they whatever i'm not talking about cats anymore brandon uh you have been playing a video game please bring it up please bring something else up otherwise i'll see i hear i I can feel mungo jerry and rumple teaser the angel and devil on my shoulder creeping up that's right to get away from cats i've been playing blinks the time sweeper which unfortunately is also starring a cat I've been playing Bubsy 3D. I've been playing Bubsy 3D. Bubsy 3D is the cat you and me want to meet. (laughs) (laughs) Bubsy 3D is the cat in 3D. He's not a flat cat. He's 3D. It actually surprises me that there's not a moment where, like, they handed out 3D glasses and you only have to put them on for one song and then take them off (laughs) again. That feels like something that movie would have (laughs) done. <laughs> Just like it's like the the Monty Python intermission thing happens, but it says, "Put on your three D glasses now." Three D, there's a cat in three D. There's a cat in three D. I need glasses to see cats in three D. A plus, five out of five stars. Okay. 3D, there's a cat in 3D. I'm trying to center myself. Dude, I'm trying to become one with the force. (laughs) This is our first normal episode, we said, Uh tragically. This is our first ever normal episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we try and set out to do every time we record. (laughs) We say this is going to be the first time we do a normal episode. Five minutes later, everybody's talking about the cat, cat named, named Crap. Three <laughs> D, the cat named Crap in three D. <laughs> I was beautiful then. 
but now you can't see me. <laughs> Mongo, Jerry, and the cat in 3D. We <laughs> are the toilet. Is an alternate universe where Rum Tum Teaser has been raptured or has ascended? <laughs> Only they won the Jellicle Balls among the Rum Tum Teaser. 3D cat. <laughs> Mungo Jerry needs a new shtick because yeah. Rumtum Teaser's gone. Oh, I lost I lost Rumple Teaser. We gotta find a new one. Hey crap. <laughs> hey crap, you wanna join my team or what? You're not getting out of here. Might as well make the most of it. Mungo Jerry and crap. <laughs> well, compared to crap, you're the obvious choice. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I'll do the run me. Oh, crap. I didn't see you. Please come in. Come in. Mongo Cherry needs a partner. I think you're the perfect rumple teaser, too. Or better known as crap. <laughs> Brendan, what have you been playing? I want to move on. I want to get on the heavy side layer out of cats. I don't even know how, do, how, we ta- how we talk about. This the worst part is now. that we began this episode talking about a true sandbox, and now we're just talking about cats. We're in the litter box. This sucks. <laughs> <sighs> God, be- I'm begging you, turn me into a human again. All I'm right. stuck in this quadrupedal form. If I, I'll, I'll just say it out loud, and I think that'll lift the curse. Ready? Okay. I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's a video okay. game. Wow, yeah, that really both deflated me and brought me back. Okay. I'm back. Yeah, do you feel I'm better? Back. I feel three-dimensional. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. <laughs> this is brand no. new Get out of here. <laughs> Shoo. Yeah, and anytime we, we get back into cats, I'm just going to say Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that's like spraying you with water. I was, I just got back from Jersey, and we have a cat and a dog. A cat is not a dog. And I just think it's, this, this is probably like the most airline food joke, but like, I just think it's funny that with dogs, you can just say their name, and they'll come over. And cats, you have to go like, it's like, what is, like, why is that welcoming? Can't you just hear your name and know it? You, you dumb cat named Crap. Crap, come here. Come here. Your show's on. That's right. Cats 2019. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> anyway. Isn't it funny how cats don't know their names? I guess, you know what? I think it's because you have to know their true name for them to come over. Go back to the break. <laughs> make the make the break sound again. <laughs> AJ, AJ, help us. I, I think we need you to stop us. 3D. That's a cat in 3D. AJ is the editor cat. He takes the audio and makes it not crap. Okay. All right. 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 I'm gonna take my sweatshirt off. Brendan is the cat who can never get comfy. He takes off his sweater and sits in a chair. Zip. Jesus Christ, the cat. No, we're not getting into that. Um. All right. All right. All right. All right. Jedi 2019. All right. It is kind of funny because I feel like cats and Star Wars came out the same time they did and uh this video game that we are going to talk about i literally i have never we have never fallen off this far before like we've had (laughs) bits i literally forgot what the show was about for a second like i was like wait why are we here i told you this could have been a bonus episode but no you said you just said no that's the only time i've ever (laughs) 
brought up an idea in our group chat and you just said no and nothing else. There is no. Anyway. Here's the deal, Brendan. Mm -hmm. I'm a Libra rising Aries son. My Aries son said yes. My Libra rising is like, you. we have to control this unstoppable flame. Otherwise, everything will burn. And that's Cats as a bonus episode. <laughs> Can you imagine? We just released like a 14 hours of like video game content. And then following that with like, and here's our Cats 2019 episode in January. No. <laughs> no. If we were ever going to talk about it, it was today and we did it. It was like we like leached ourselves of the toxins in mm -hmm. us. Yeah, that you're was, right. That we, was, we did it. Past tense. We did it. It's over. We can move on. Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order. Heavy side layer. We've already okay. been recording for an hour. We could just end the episode now. No, we have to. We can't end this like this. It can't end like this. It has to end with a video game. Otherwise, <laughs> we are a Cats 2019 podcast. <laughs> Why are you silent? I'm just... I, um, nothing. Let's talk about Jedi Fallen Order. What were you thinking? I was thinking of any other game I could bring up. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Let's, let's honestly take a deep breath. Listener, I'm sure you're all Cats 2019'd up too. Let's all take a deep breath together. <laughs> all right? Inhale, I'm going to count, uh, I can't count and inhale at the same time. Let's just do it together. <laughs> On three. Uh -huh. One, two, three. Memory all alone <laughs> in the <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, sucker. I was trying to show. be sincere. I was trying to be genuine. Okay. All right, all right, let's do it. <sighs> Evil spirits be gone. Okay, we can move on. I'm going to light some incense. <laughs> For real. Walk around my house. Brandon, you've been playing uh, <laughs> Jedi. I can't even... <laughs> Bloopers. <laughs> Bloopers is the stinky cat. Stop, Steven. <laughs> Bloopers, the stinky cat leaves a trail of crap wherever. <laughs> okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. Get out, shoot. All cats out, out. Psst, get out. I'm not feeding you again. Because if I feed you, you come back. Don't feed the cats. Get out. Hold on, I'll, I'll be right back. Get out. <laughs> get out. I'm not feeding you anymore. You're, you're obviously the neighbor's cat. I'm not feeding you. Get out. Don't give me that face. Don't give me that human face. Shoo. I don't care. I don't care if you're the magical cat. Get out. Steven always does this. We usually Shoo. cut it out, but in this case, I think it's worth leaving in because it's weirdly... I know. I also like Final Fantasy VII. We it, can't have this anymore. It's Shoo. weirdly Get appropriate. Out. Go. Find a new home. We had fun, I'll admit. It was a fun time, but you have to move on. It's just a side of Steven side that get we out. usually don't get to see on the podcast, but in this case, I think it's worth highlighting. Hey, what in, were you saying In 2020, I just, I just want everybody to see the real Steven. <laughs> what is the real Steven? You screaming at a cat in the window. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right. We did it. We can't top what just happened. Brendan, talk about Star Wars, please. Okay, I will. Um... It's really hard. It's really hard to talk about. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to start doing it is what's going to happen. That's yeah, how this yeah. is going to work. So around the same time Cats came out, Cats 2019, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker also came out. The end of the Skywalker saga. Wow, I'm doing it. This is great. This is going fine. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker also came out. Um, and I think, you know, 
unsurprisingly mixed reaction amongst fans. I'm not going to talk about the movies because I don't think it's worth yeah, having we, that discussion. We've talked ever. enough about movies on this episode. We can move on. Yeah, I, I just think it's worth mentioning that I personally did not like Rise of Skywalker very much. Um, uh-huh. And because of that, I had heard a lot of really great things about the story in Fallen Order. Um, yeah. And like walking out of the theater saw that there was like a flash sale for it for a digital only copy of it which is i buy all my games digital so it was perfect so i downloaded it and uh i've been playing it just a whole bunch um now that i have a bunch of free time uh this is going great by the way i'm not thinking about it's because i'm not talking yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think i might have been the one contributing some of the issues there you're doing great keep going keep thank going, keep you going. so much uh yeah, anyway yeah. uh so i started playing it and I, I think the like most reductive thing that everybody says about it is the thing that you really do need to lead with. Unfortunately, like it's kind of a bummer that it has to be couched this way. But this game really is Dark Souls meets Uncharted meets a Metroidvania all like wrapped up in Star Wars. Like that is what the yeah. game is. Um, yeah. It is trying to balance all of those things together and does like a surprisingly good job of it. Honestly, I was really hesitant about talking about this game with you specifically because it is oh, like, because I know you're not like the biggest Star Wars fan and I like Star Wars, but yeah, I'm not, it doesn't, it's not a selling point. You know, I kind of like it at arm's length kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of got it on a whim because like right after we finished recording the Goatee episode, it was like, wow, I true freedom. I can play whatever I want now. Um, yeah. So I decided to check this out and pretty much immediately was like, I need to talk about this on the show because I'm having, I think, a way better time with it than most people are having. Um, yeah. Just to get the criticism out of the way, the game is very buggy and there are a lot of problems with it. Like, I just want to yeah. talk about that, like right up front just to like get it out of the way. Um, but like there are moments where I have beaten a very hard boss and then the game crashes and does not say that I beat the boss oh and then I have to God. do it again, which is why I played no. bottom last night. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which is why I got my ticket, went to the theaters and saw you know what. <laughs> um, there are a lot of instances in the platforming where like you will line up with a rope and go try and grab the rope and then you just like clip through the rope or you don't grab the rope and then you fall to your death and you have to start that whole area over again. No um, deal. Anytime you die, you have to respawn and it takes forever to respawn. It just takes like a really long time, uh, like long enough where like I take my phone out and I check Twitter like that long. Um, yeah. All of that stuff is kind of a bummer. I, I, even like some of the combat and exploration stuff is not as polished as like the games that it is trying to ape from and not ape from. It's not it's not like stealing anything, really. It is just like kind of an amalgam of a bunch of things. I mean, but, those are all like really popular. I don't want to say trends, but like I think those are all game archetypes that people are trying to build on top of currently. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying to make the next souls like Metroidvania, that kind of that kind of game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like to be fair, this game does a lot of that really, really well and actually iterates and creates some like new, I think, foundational elements for those genres, almost all of those genres that I now want like Dark Souls to take from and I want the next Uncharted-esque game to take from um, and the next Metroidvania to take from. Like there's there one specific thing. Uh, before I even get into really anything else that that I just want every game to take from this one uh, is that there is an incredible map in this game that has color coded doors that let you know if you have the ability you need to get through them or not. So you can just pull up the oh, map that's great. and know where you can go and where you can't go. And even when you're on your ship, like looking at all the planets that you can go to or have been to, you can at any point pull up the maps for those planets and see if you have since acquired an ability that will let you go through more doors. So before you keep going in the story, it's like, oh, maybe it's worth revisiting this and seeing what's behind that door now, which is really great. I, I love that. Great invention. I wish that was in every game. Anyway, the reason that I wanted to bring this game up to you specifically 
is because you and I talked about it a bunch. I think during our first E3 episode, when we were talking about like Souls alikes, we even mentioned like, oh, it'd be really cool to see a Star Wars game that has like Souls S combat. And now we have that, which is great. But in talking about that and in talking about the reveal of Fallen Order eventually, whenever that happened, um, you said a thing that really stuck with me. And it was the reason that I was so like reticent about even pulling the trigger on this game, which is that being set between episodes three and four is the most boring thing you could have done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I totally agreed because like that yeah. is that is just a, a, a time frame in Star Wars. I don't need explored any more than it already has been. Right. And even right. when they showed it off at this last E3, like it opens up and you're on Kashyyyk and there's a bunch of Wookiees everywhere. And Forrest Whitaker's character saw Guerrero shows up and he's like trying to he's you know just trying to lead you on this like charge of a, like a, an Imperial base. And it's like there's just too much stuff. Like I, I was so worried about this game being so invested in showing you things that you already know about star wars just to pull that like nostalgia trigger which is like kind of the problem i have with the new trilogy of movies is like it, it spends so much time asking you if you remember the cool thing that it doesn't spend enough time setting up its own stuff because like those yeah. movies are not going to have the same legacy 15 years from now when you're showing it to your kids and like the big reveal of the millennium falcon and force awakens is not going to be as exciting when they saw it 15 minutes ago in the last movie right um, right and i was really worried that this game was going to do that a lot and it ends up not really at all uh which i was really surprised by that moment that they showed at e3 is kind of the only time where it really spends a lot of time asking you if you remember the cool thing uh everything else is like full new world building really incredible shit that i've been really surprised by that's uh, awesome the story itself is centered around this uh this kid named cal who's played by um i just forgot the the actor's name uh but he plays the joker on gotham um he's great he's an incredible performance um but he is essentially uh th this dude that works on a planet that is owned by the imperial army it's owned by the empire and he's a scrapper which pretty much means they just like deliver giant starships down to this planet and he and you know hundreds of other people who are pretty much like empire slaves essentially have to scrap those ships and then distribute all the metal so they can be used to build new Star Destroyers and TIE Fighters and stuff. Which kind of answers a question that I've always had in my head, which is like, where do all these ships come from? They're just like recycling old ships from previous wars, from previous Star Wars into, into these new ships, which is kind of a cool idea. But he is there in hiding because he is like one of the only Jedi who escaped from Order 66 when that happened in Revenge of ah, the Sith. Gotcha. Um, so he's like, I'm not using my force powers at all. I am hiding my lightsaber. Like, I'm just a dude who is just on this planet hiding and scrapping ships. And he is like very content in doing that. Like his life sucks objectively. But simultaneously, he's like, well, it's better than getting fucking murdered by the Empire because I'm a Jedi. Uh, so he is in hiding until at one point something happens that makes him need to use his force powers, which kind of sends a signal out to the rest of the galaxy uh, and and creates an issue where they start to hunt him down. And you end up in in the uh, in the ship of a another ex Jedi, somebody who was a Jedi who has since like cut themselves off from the force for like very specific and in interesting reasons. Um, and it, uh, her name is Seer great performance also um and the person who owns the ship called the mantis named grease who is this like short four-armed guy who has kind of like a danny devito vibe um and <laughs> he has like a gambling Why problem is that who always owns ships in star wars i don't know it is that it is always <laughs> hey, like kid you want a ship yes yeah. that is the vibe that is extremely yeah. the vibe um yeah. this trio is so interesting because it's seer who has cut herself off from the force but is still trying to kind of be a mentor to you and lead you on this path to rebuilding the Jedi 
Jedi Order. Um, you have Grease, who uh, like is kind of reluctantly taking part in all of this, mainly because like the galaxy has just gotten so shitty since the Empire has taken over that he's like, well, if I can have any part in rebuilding this, and that's probably better than what I was doing, which is just gambling on a bunch of shit uh, and losing constantly being in debt to a bunch of bounty hunters and stuff. And then you have Cal, who is the main character, uh, who... You know, now as like the last remaining Jedi who is really using the force is like, well, I guess I should take it upon myself to rebuild this order and see if there are any more Jedi out there, any more force sensitive people. So you have this like really interesting dynamic between the three of them uh, that kind of takes you all across the galaxy. Uh, The only place that is really that I've seen so far, I've only I think unlocked four planets, but the only planet that is like a rehash is Kashyyyk, which is the Wookiee planet, which like is the most boring place where you could really do anything. Um, But even still, you revisit these planets so much that eventually you end up in a part of Kashyyyk that looks like completely new and is so fascinating. It's kind of it's where I am like right now in the game and almost feels like Pandora from Avatar, but like done well, <laughs> honestly. Um, it, it's just like really special and very Star Warsy, and feels like it's expanding the, the world and the universe in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. But all that said, the game itself uh, is a lot more like Prince of Persia Uncharted-esque traversal than I thought it would be. Like most of the game is moving around like a gigantic 3D environment that is less Dark Souls and is more Metroidvania. It's a lot of wall running because the game is developed by Respawn who made the Titanfall series and stuff. So like kind of unsurprisingly, there's a lot of wall running. Um, it's a lot of like using the force to like do huge jumps over things and like hold on to ropes and like swing across ropes. And you're doing the like climbing across like vines and shit and like trying to figure out where the next place you can jump to is. It's a lot of that interspersed with there's a bunch of stormtroopers on the platform you're jumping down to. And how do you deal with that? So you get like the uncharted sense of there's like 50 guys, not 50, but there's like 10 stormtroopers of varying types that you're going to have to get rid of. The base level stormtrooper just tries to shoot you with blasters and you press L1 and you deflect it back at them and they die immediately in one hit because like, of course they should. But then you have like the varying levels of stormtroopers. Other ones have rocket launchers that, you know, will try and shoot you with rockets and you can use the force to push the rockets back at them, which always feels amazing. Um, But at its base level, the game combat feels like Dark Souls, like it is a Sekiro Dark Souls-esque game. Um, Honestly, closer to Sekiro because you have the, um, what is the meter called? You have like your posture meter and your enemies will sometimes have a posture meter as well. Uh, where like you can only block so many attacks before your posture breaks and you just leave yourself open. And the same is true for the enemy, where if you are deflecting or parrying at the exact right time, their posture meter will go up and then you'll be able to hit them, which doesn't come into play too often until you start fighting other people using lightsabers, which are like the most thrilling and exciting bits of combat in this game, like hands down. Any time where you have to fight someone who has like either a lightsaber or a lightsaber adjacent weapon, um, it is just incredible. And sometimes you can just use the force to push them off the ledge that they're on and they go flying down <laughs> and they scream, which is hilarious every time. Um, but sometimes it just really makes for like intense arena battles. Um, outside of that, you're fighting like aliens, like giant spiders and rats and shit, which is like always weird. It's weird to like be a Jedi and then get killed by a rat <laughs> like every time it happens. Um, we talked about <laughs> Battlefront 2 a little bit because I bought that game. I think it was like five bucks on a sale one time. Yeah. And a friend of mine had told me, oh, it's worth checking out the, the story for this. Um, and I immediately stopped playing when uh, I got to play as Luke Skywalker for a bit. And they gave me like a 10 minute mission where I just had to kill bugs for 10 minutes as Luke Skywalker. Like this game kind of gets into that sometimes. But I 
outside of that, the the story is so compelling and is so interesting and is really dark. Like it honestly feels like watching the Titanic where like this is all very well and good, but you know how it ends. Like, sure. You know that this kid is not going to succeed in rebuilding the Jedi Order because you've seen episode four and you know like how dire shit is and how huge the Empire is by the time episode four starts. So like a lot of it feels like it's for naught, but I'm so I'm so curious to see where all of this goes anyway. And, and the backstory that starts to trickle down from Cal and from Seer specifically, the performance by uh, whoever plays Seer, I actually want to look it up because it's it's worth highlighting. Yeah, it's so compelling. And her backstory is so fascinating. And Deborah Wilson, Deborah Wilson is her name. Um, oh, who is known for like she's just in a ton of video games. Yeah. Just looking through her IMDb right now, it's like mostly games. Um, she's all over the place. She's really, really great in this um, and, and adds so much depth and so much weight to the story. And, and once you start to figure out why she has stopped using the force, it gets like really heavy in a way that I wasn't expecting. Essentially, it's just like, what have all of these characters, all of these force sensitive users done to prevent themselves from getting killed by Order 66? And, and like the weight of that decision, I think, lands really harshly on some people um, mm-hmm. and creates a much darker story than I was expecting from this like cool fun Uncharted-esque adventure. Um, yeah. Even the villain of this game, there's there's this um, like main, they're, they're called uh, they're called Inquisitors. Uh, the main Inquisitor who shows up um, is, is named the second sister who at a certain point you get blocked off between her kind of like the uh, the Darth Maul Qui-Gon Jinn fight where like there's the red wall between the two of them um, and she takes her mask off and starts just like trying to convince you to join the dark side like classic shit um, yeah. but in that conversation you learn so much about her that it creates a really really in-depth villain that I like really care to fuck up now which I was really surprised by because at a certain point it's like okay cool so here's your Kylo Ren here's your Darth Vader whatever like I don't need this I I don't need another one of these Um, but she is such an interesting character almost immediately and and she hates you so much uh, that that it really creates um, a wonderful dynamic between you and her I've just been really surprised by how much I like this game honestly because it's scratching so many itches where it is doing the uncharted thing well where there are like gigantic set pieces that are always really interesting like it does open with the fucking Uncharted 2 train, like straight up, it is the train from Uncharted 2. <laughs> like all the same beats where like you're going across it, you're jumping uh, across the train cars and fighting dudes with your lightsaber and whatever. Uh, and then the train explodes and then it's hanging down and you have to climb up, you know, from the inside of the train. Yeah. And people are trying to shoot at you from the top. Like it is Uncharted straight up. But there are other ones where like you end up on Kashyyyk and you have to climb up uh, one of like the big elephant walkers, the the Adats, um, and you have to like climb up the side of it and stuff and get up. And then you're inside the Adat and you're just like fucking up the Imperial base as you're like using their Adat against them. Like all that stuff is awesome. It's really, really well done and, and feels really compelling. Um, and then the actual like gameplay in between that where you are jumping from uh, they're called meditation points which are like your bonfires essentially but where you're jumping from meditation point to meditation point just like trying to unlock the next one and like making your way through what is essentially like Prince of Persia platforming with Dark Souls combat interspersed between is honestly really compelling and it creates that same like I have to remember where all these enemies are and how to take them out if I end up dying until you end up at a boss which then you know becomes a whole thing Uh, and, and then you know being at a rest point and needing to make your way through an area to the boss because there's not another rest point before you hit that like very classic dark Souls shit which like i mean i i kind of hate that though and that's something that sekiro fixed for me where like they purposely put a lot of rest points right before bosses mm-hmm. it's like i the only time i get frustrated in those games is if i have to do something i already did again yes like i already successfully did again yeah. it's like come on you will you know, like hate this game for that <laughs> 
not be, not because like oh i have to fight all these dudes but because i died and now i have to climb this rock face and then swing yeah, across no. this rope and then shimmy across this iron beam and then i can fight the boss and like that bit will take like three to five minutes which will just be a little bit too long for you to feel good about doing it again um, right i have been forcing myself to go through those moments that i dislike that vehemently uh because i'm so invested in the story and I, and i'm really interested in the world building that's been happening um it is actually a really interesting take on a star wars story and i'm really surprised by it um yeah but all of that said there there is some other stuff that i think is like definitely worth bringing up number one like the the top level thing that i think is the most important thing to talk about at least with you specifically is that there are difficulty modes in this game um, oh cool it is it is doing the thing that you and i've talked about a lot where we asked over and over again is is sekiro better without difficulty modes which you and i both agree i think the answer is no this has four difficulty modes one of them is i think jedi master and then there's like or i don't know i don't know what the top is it's just like super hard hard normal and then story mode which is like as low as it can possibly go very much like an uncharted story mode where like things die in one hit and whatever what's cool about it though is that it's not just enemy health and it's not just incoming health but it's also how much time you have to be able to parry uh so the different difficulty modes like the story mode is literally like if you are holding up your your block it'll pretty much count as a parry at all times which is interesting um i turned it down to story mode just for like a bit just to see what that would feel like and it is very very forgiving very lenient that you can just fly through the game which is probably good for most people especially like if you're a fan of star wars but don't want the dark souls combat like you could turn into story mode and have a fucking blast with it um yeah i'm playing on one level below the hardest one right now uh and it is at some times crushingly difficult especially when there are a whole bunch of enemies uh and really requires that you are using everything in your arsenal kind of like sekiro forcing you to use the um the shinobi tools all the time like i'm finding myself needing to rely on the force more than i think that i would because i'm like okay i have this lightsaber i can just use that for everything and if i master yeah. parrying and attacking and uh whatever like i should be able to make it through this that's not really the case like using the force to push a dude off an edge sometimes is the viable and only way to get through a fight which is awesome and a lot of the bigger enemies have kind of special ways where you have to kill them like some of them will have an attack where if you're able to parry that attack perfectly they die in one hit and things like that uh, so yeah. you really do need to learn all that stuff um, that sounds really cool i guess i wonder how well and it sounds like it's working well for you but it sounds like for me the story and the uncharted elements are meshing better together and are probably more apt for a star Wars game to like mold themselves onto mm -hmm. because like if star Wars is, is known for certain things like having beautiful set pieces, you can really explore and climb and feel the scale of, and then having like a story focused game. It sounds like it's the perfect recipe for a star Wars game, not to mention uncharted's like relation to film and, and star yeah, Wars absolutely. and relation to film. I just wonder how well that meshes with the dark souls stuff because uh, I forgot where I saw, or read it but it might have been um if it's not this i still recommend watching it i think I've, I've i've mentioned it before but there's a series on youtube called game makers toolkit uh by a guy i think his name is mark brown uh um, yeah i think so yeah game makers toolkit is awesome it's a great youtube yeah channel. um he also has a series called Bo uh boss, boss keys, keys. It's, yeah. that's all about zelda dungeons and it's basically just like really well done like game design conversations and like he really like gathers a lot of data and kind of independent of his own opinion will just sort of like show how things are working. And I think it was on that series where he talked about if you have an area that's big and open, inherently the player will want to explore it. And if you have 
you know, and that's an area where you don't want to pepper in too many enemies because like that then discourages exploration. Mm. You know, there's actually some moment as much as I love Sekiro and as much as we have like highlighted it in our last 12 hour episode, <laughs> um, Sekiro has some moments where there's a big area to explore and you're getting like lightning bolts thrown at you everywhere. And it's like, I can't even do the thing I want to do because the game's constantly kicking me in the shins. Yeah. And I think you can criticize the game for that because I think even even Bloodborne and Dark Souls have like quieter moments where if you're in a bigger area, there'll still be enemies and things to look out for. But like it is in those moments where you can explore more. And then when you're in areas where it's like a bit smaller or contained and you can visibly see more enemies, you know to go into that kind of mode. So I just wonder how harmonious it is to have these uncharted platforming segments mixed with like, oh, but you have to also master parry. It's like this is like oil and water you know yeah it, um, it, there is a pretty good give and take between those moments where okay, the, cool. the enemies really only show up in in moments where the story kind of asks for it there are there's like an entire planet that you start on i i have to say this game does not really put its best foot forward in terms of the first planet you end up on because it is essentially just like the heavy side layer it's Sorry, the, it's the heavy it. side layer um it is <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's it's just kind of like a boring planet where they're just like trying to teach you how to play the game, but it ends up just feeling like kind of uninspired and the enemies are like rats and big frogs. <laughs> like it's it's not really super compelling. Um, I feel like everyone there knows they're on the tutorial planet. It's like, oh shit, we're yeah. just rats and frogs, aren't we? Yeah. yeah There's literally a creature on that planet that looks exactly like Eevee, which is really weird and they're all over the place. So you don't fight like them. Like the Pokemon? Yeah, like the Pokemon. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's really bizarre uh, and you can get one and put it on your ship. I don't know. It's strange. Um, but anyway, that that planet like <laughs> let's go Eevee planet Carboniferous era. It is kind yeah. of what it feels like. It's very strange. I, I did not really enjoy it. And even in playing that planet, I was like, I, I don't really want to be here. And every time I have to go back, not that I have to go back, but every time I do go back, it's like, ugh, I just I just want to get this over with just so I can move on to the next thing. But anyway, that said, the game kind of opens in that way where you don't really have a lot of force powers yet. You can really only slow things down with the force. It's like the only power you have in the beginning. And you have your lightsaber and whatever. Um, but once you start unlocking more stuff and once there's like a skill tree in this game, once you start unlocking more of the skill, Skills, uh, and you can start to use like I don't think it's a spoiler to say like you get force push and force pull like the, it's all the shit right. that you'd expect right you're not going to get fucking lightning because you're not a Sith but anyway once you start to unlock all those powers and start to be able to use them like once you use the first time you ever use force pull to pull a stormtrooper directly onto your lightsaber it's like this is tight this game is awesome it feels like in Sekiro once you start getting more of the shinobi arts and you start to like uh, mix them together and, and really start to like internalize them and they become second yeah. nature like that's when the game really starts to take off but unfortunately that's like the second or third planet that you end up on but that said now that I'm on the second or third planet I'm having a fucking great time with this game um, yeah. and I'm still having all those issues like I again I had the game crash during a really hard boss like right after I finished it in the cutscene that's like you did it congrats and yeah. then and then I had to start the game over and had to go through the boss again and the whole cutscene beforehand like all that stuff sucks and I get why people are knocking this game for it and I also I wonder I'm oh, sorry you off. I wonder if that is kind of evident maybe they were rushed because like this game had to come out before the movie as like marketing yeah I wonder if that's just like a testament to like rushed production honestly possibly yeah I mean I, yeah. I uh, wow shit what what was it oh I think it was the besties the besties podcast is back and they did a whole episode on this game and one of the things one of their like conspiracy moments was um, you know this game is by respawn who made Titanfall but more more importantly they also made apex legends which was a game that they released and came out and was like a gigantic hit and it probably wouldn't be super surprising if a bunch of the people who were working on fallen order got taken off that and had to get moved on to like maintaining apex legends because of yeah. its huge success which kind of that means that 
there's a little bit less polish on this game. And you can see that there's not as much polish in this game in a lot of instances. I played, I would say, the first 10 to 15 hours of this game on my PlayStation 4 Pro in 4K mode, which is, I think, trying to run 30 frames per second and like fails at that a lot. Um, I didn't realize literally until this morning that there's a 1080p quote unquote performance mode where it locks the game at 1080p and is in 60 frames per second, which let me be perfectly clear. I have never, ever thought in my whole life about the FPS of a video game I'm playing. I am not that guy at all. But once I turned it into performance mode, the game felt a billion times better. Suddenly I was hitting all my parries like with way more consistency, like the game just felt better and and honestly looks better and runs better now. Um, the load times have lessened. Like everything about the game is better now that I'm playing in performance mode. But all of that just goes to show like this game could have used a couple more months probably. Um, yeah. And unfortunately just had to come out when it did. Um, right. But all that said, like the variation between what kind of game this is at any given time, I think is really surprising and really interesting. There are a couple areas that are straight up Zelda dungeons um, that I'm always surprised to find myself in like there there's a moment early on I think in the second or third world where you just like fall through a hole and you're just in a Zelda dungeon you have to get out Um, and it's where you learn a new force power and then you have to use that to get out of the dungeon like it is very Zelda and is awesome it's so fun those moments I find really surprising there's also like there okay there's a little bit of a give and take here but you find loot chests all over the place um, which unlock new customization bits for your lightsaber, uh, new skins for the droid that you have with you, who I haven't even talked about yet, but I will. Um, the ship, the Mantis, and uh, also Cal's poncho, which uh, he has a poncho that he can wear that you can also take off, but there are a lot of different color schemes for this poncho, and they all look awful. It is like the worst. It is the worst looking thing. They are all disgusting. <laughs> I feel so bad saying it, but he looks awful in pretty much every poncho. I don't wear any of them. Um, There's something about respawn not getting that part of a game like the as good as they stuff, are yeah. stuff like like apex legends has gotten better but the first ones were like do you want like a cow print like glove <laughs> it's like no what no, i'm yeah. not spending money <laughs> extremely on it. don't yeah there's like a weird like insane clown posse version of caustic that's like the worst thing i've ever seen in my life yeah um <laughs> that that definitely comes through in this game in terms of how you can customize cal and honestly uh bd1 the droid and the mantis like all of those skins just kind of look like rough i don't know why i don't know why they look so rough i could never put my finger on it but like none of them really click for me outside of the way the original skin looks um but the lightsaber stuff is really interesting the lightsaber stuff is really cool because you're getting like literally every piece of the lightsaber so it's like the hilt and the emitter and the switch you can change and stuff um i also don't think this is too much of a spoiler but like very early on in the game your lightsaber goes from like a single blade to a double blade kind of like a Darth Maul thing Um, and you can switch back and forth between them at any point um, just using left or right on the d-pad for how many blades you want out at once Uh, and you can kind (laughs) of like Bloodborne while you're like mid combo switch out to the double blade and that'll like do some extra moves and stuff Um, so you can like work those into your combos which is fun double blade is more for like if you have a bunch of enemies around you can kind of swing it around and just hit people on both sides which is really great for crowd control and then the single blade more for like one-on-one fights but all that said like the way you can customize your lightsaber is honestly really compelling and i love it and that's just because like i'm a big star wars nerd but i really love all the different pulls what is also really cool and this is very in the weeds so i'm going to mention it for like the one other person who cares on the level that i do uh all of the different pieces of your lightsaber that you can find are all the same pieces that you can use to build your own lightsaber at galaxy's edge at disney um so like i built a lightsaber there at galaxy's edge and i can just build that exact lightsaber in the game also wow which is fun it's really stupid but it's so fun i love it um, that's cool 
Yeah, I all that to say, like, this is a game that is extremely flawed and I think will be better when they greenlight and create a sequel because they'll be able to take all of this feedback and make a better game. I think the second sure. one of these is going to be amazing if they make one. But that said, I'm a big enough Star Wars fan and I'm a big enough fan of the ambition of all of the things that they're trying to combine that I am finding myself having a really great time with it. Um, and it I will like probably the, the, finish it because I've heard the end is awesome. It sounds like the pros outweigh the the cons for you, at least. Yeah, definitely. And in those frustrations where the performance is like less than peak, uh, I, I'm still having enough fun that I, I want to see more of it. Um, and yeah. it has all the same. It has like it feels like a PS1 game at times in a weird way where like it has all the like wild collectibles and like hidden pathways of games that I used to like dump tons and tons of hours into to 100% because it was like the only game I could get with my you know the money I was making like fucking mowing people's lawns and stuff like sure <laughs> like yeah. it has that exact pull uh, in a way that I haven't felt in a really long time where like I do want 100% certain planets um just to see everything that they have to offer that's awesome yeah i'm really glad you're enjoying it i might pick it up one day if it's like uh if it's on sale or something but it definitely looks fun i i think i'm most drawn based on your description i'm most drawn to the uncharted elements and the story yeah um, it's but. it's so good and it is like as dark as kind of i was hoping for and said in this era like you can't really have a lighthearted story because the empire is so fucked and it is so gigantic at this point like yeah. that it feels like there's no hope just like a, a a little story bit um so that kashik planet when you first visit there and saw Guerrero is there he's for those of you who don't know he's kind of just like a big uh rebel general essentially kind of like an insurgent fighter um who is just kind of known as like a really great leader um, even he has kind of like a gray area to him where you're not sure if you should be trusting him or not and going along with his orders or like, is he just using you because you're a Jedi or is he actually on your side? And you go through and you like liberate a bunch of Wookiees and you save, you save Kashyyyk from the Empire and wow, this is all really great. Um, but also you didn't accomplish the thing that you came down to the planet for. He did not help you with that at all. You helped him and he didn't help you. And then you just have to leave. And even like Grease, who's the captain of your ship, is like, wow, I love to risk my fucking life and get nothing out of it that was awesome thanks man thanks for just going yeah. along with this random dude's orders instead of doing the thing that we came here for and eventually you get a call back from one of the generals one of the rebel generals on Kashyyyk and she's like yes yeah, Saw left he left the planet the Empire just overtook everything that we had tried to accomplish and now we're all in the fucking woods in hiding like they have undone everything because he left and left us with nothing um, and then you have to go back to Kashyyyk and like try and reliberate it for your own reasons instead of for saws. And like that kind of stuff is really interesting because it really shows yeah. how fucked the empire is and like how little hope there is. Like it gets really dark. And there's uh, one of the things that you can find, like one of the collectibles. Um, Cal has this has this ability where he can like sense the force and it kind of like allows him to relive memories that have happened in certain areas. Um, so kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, a bit. little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so you can kind of pick up on echoes of, of things that have happened in the past. And when you revisit Kashyyyk, it is just dead rebels everywhere. And you're just picking up on like their last moments, kind of in a in a uh, Return Oberdin. of the Oberdin yeah. way. Uh, you just hear them all dying and it like it sucks. <laughs> it is so dark. And I find that, I mean, both obviously very upsetting, um, but really compelling. And, and it is taking this point in Star Wars history that you and I thought was going to be really boring and exploring it in a way that I think is really interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I, um, I think with Star Wars, like there is so much stuff 
outside of the movies it's almost like as big as like you know like dc or marvel at this point in terms of how much eu stuff there was and is and yeah, will be right and it's a testament to the like bones of the original movies and, and, and even the sequels and i think the sequels in their stronger moments like examining like i think you and i both like last jedi and, and that movie mm-hmm. examining what make it's kind of like uncharted 4 where it's like you know what what is nathan drake why should nathan drake be nathan drake it's like yeah last jedi is like well what is the jedi what is the dark side yeah um, yeah last jedi yeah. is pretty much just looking at the jedi council and saying what they kind of sucked actually <laughs> they're and that's really and lame. i think that makes the appeal because because i think in one of the most interesting moments to me in star wars in empire strikes back is i think i might have mentioned this earlier so again this if i was a doll and he pulled a string i might say this as one of my three quotes alongside persona 5 is the ff7 of persona <laughs> um but uh luke is on dagobah training with yoda and I think Force Ghost Obi-Wan also is is there, just hanging out. It's a great time. We're having a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Drinking a couple Miller you, Lights. Just knocking yeah, them back. You know Yoda was definitely homebrewing some good brew in his <laughs> weird hut uh, on Dagobah. Um, but, you know, they're training and, and Luke realizes his friends are in trouble. And his natural instinct is to go to save them. Yeah. In that moment, Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, the impulse of you going to save your friends is the dark side. The Jedi would ignore that because mm-hmm. that's emotion and keep training, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no. Yeah, fuck extremely that. fuck that. Yeah. I mean, I think uh I think the appeal and that's why I've always wondered why there aren't any I'm sure there are in like the EU and stuff, but like it's rare to me that the Sith always sign on board for the Empire. Because the dark side is all about your ego it's all about yourself i think a better example of the dark side would actually be in sekiro uh Genichiro. he is like yeah devoting all his effort to staying alive forever so he can accomplish a goal and like that's a very emotion and it's and it's for seemingly noble reasons but like he is being selfish in his desire to make his power about himself mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's all about is like the Jedi are are trying to realize that the, the force isn't about us. We are part of this like shared life force that exists in everything. Yeah. Metachlorians are microscopic. But no, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but uh, I've always wanted to see like I think I think the EU deals more with what are considered gray Jedi. I think even uh, Qui-Gon and the prequels make of that what you will is considered a gray Jedi because like he does things that are like, yeah, just, I mean, <laughs> He does a lot of weird stuff in Phantom Menace. You could say that for another episode. We'll talk about Cats 2019 and Phantom Menace. Uh, uh, wait, did I tell secret. you? Did we talk about that? I watched Phantom Menace right before we saw Cats. Really? How, yeah, that, how was, that, that was my day. Was I watched the, Phantom Menace and then Cats, like back to back. The new Machete Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been rewatching the prequels. Just I don't know. Just I don't really know why they're all they're on Disney Plus and I haven't seen them in a long time, so I haven't checked them out. But yeah, you're right about Qui Gon. Like the Jedi Council specifically tells him not to take Anakin on as, as yeah. a padawan and he's like uh fuck that gonna do it anyway and then yeah. just does it he also like uses the force to like win a gamble and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway enough about qui-gon i could go he sees on darth on maul and he goes wow that guy looks really cool actually <laughs> what if i had a red lightsaber yeah i have a weird place in my heart for phantom menace because of like my theory is like phantom menace is, is a fucking mess but you could tell george lucas like was kind of trying and excited oh you yeah know, like there are some cool sets there's a lot of good like i mean i think all the prequels have like cool artwork and cool like concepts but mm-hmm. it's just not done well and like 
Jar, this is not a hot take. Jar Jar is like shocking. Like everyone makes fun of him and stuff. Yeah. Like you actually go back and watch the scene he's in. And I'm like, this made it to theaters. This is like really bad. I gotta tell uh, you, watching the horrible render of Jar Jar Binks in 4K is like the most thrilling and terrible thing. Uh, honestly, until I saw Cats, like that was like the most shocking thing I'd seen. <laughs> It's weird. Uh, Jar Jar the Aqua Cat is kind of a weird <laughs> choice for. But um, yeah, anyway, enough about Gungans. Um, I think if you could sum up this episode in one phrase, it's enough about enough Gungans. Enough about Gungans. <laughs> um, I think I, I bring up all this stuff because I think that there is a lot to Star Wars that could be fun to explore. And I think, I think that's also the tricky thing. And not to get too into that, but I think the reason why like no one is ever happy with any of the movies is because the series means something so different to everyone based on like what got you into it. Like there are some yeah. people that like just read the novels and the comics and stuff. And some people who only know the movies and, and like, I think this is this seems like it's taking kind of like a Rogue One tone where it's like more about the war than about like the kind of coming of age science fantasy story. Yeah, um, there's there's but, a there's a healthy blend of the two, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, which is which cool. is really nice, honestly. Um, and like I'm also coming from a place where like I wasn't a huge fan of Rogue One, but I appreciated the idea that they were trying to explore something that wasn't just good and bad. And like right. no, no in between at all. I I think that that's like a really compelling thing. It's honestly like once you give the Star Wars IP to anyone else outside of Lucasfilm, uh, like straight up, they find an interesting take because everybody is always think like if you're a fan of Star Wars, you're always thinking about other weird shit that you could do in Star Wars, you know, and like yeah. giving somebody else the chance to do that, I think usually results in good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, it's like it's like seeing a new writer take on a different superhero. You know, it's like, what's your take on a Batman or right. whatever? You know, yeah. like I think there's going back to what we said about Obsidian with uh, with them, like originally just doing sequels. Like it's like, what's your take on this pre-established world? And I think uh, there's a lot to explore in Star Wars that oddly hasn't been as explored as like I think people want, you know? Yeah. I think that's why the man I haven't watched it, but I think that's why the Mandalorian is so popular is because like no one has really gotten a lot of that part of Star Wars. Yeah. Like the bounty hunters and all that kind of like. Yeah. You know, and the moments that I that I dislike Mandalorian the most are the ones where they're trying to work it into like established canon. Yeah. Like the moments where the Mandalorian hits the highest highs are when it's not at all interested in being related to episode four or five you know like right. when it is just being its whole own thing um, that, is when it succeeds it, it makes the galaxy feel somewhat smaller when it's like yeah i'm luke's cousin it's like no yeah I don't, and like, i've heard an argument know. that that those movies because they're essentially myths right like that that is just how myths work like everyone is related to everyone else and on a certain level i get that but when you're yeah, talking sure. about outside of the mainline like quote-unquote skywalker saga as they're calling it now not everything needs to be related you don't need to always go to tatooine you don't always need to go to kashik you know like invent a new place make it's a whole fucking galaxy like give me another planet um, yeah. even even in the last jedi when they go to crate and for a second you think it's hoth and then they they like lick it and it's salt and it's like red salt like even that was like oh okay that's kind of like a fun goof yeah. on on everybody planet. thinking that you're just going back to hoth for a second right um, right yeah i also because we started this segment uh goofing on cats and then i needed to just go into star wars to get us out of that uh i forgot to mention that i work for the walt disney company and anything i say does not reflect the views of the company i work for these are all my own opinions sorry yes just needed to no, do no. that of Legally. course 
I figured we were getting pretty deep. We were like, and the thing about Mickey Mouse is that he's the and stupid the thing and that sucks <laughs> about that rat Mickey Mouse. The weird when Cats ends and Judy Dench picks up Mickey Mouse by the tail and is like, <laughs> 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 a brave choice for a Universal picture. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. I this sounds cool. I, I definitely want to check it out. And I think like I always I always like enjoy Star Wars. I just never like sometimes I feel like with a lot of the really big properties, I kind of need a break because I feel like I'm just like it's so everywhere all the time. You yeah. know, like I have no shame in being as like big of a fan as I am of the things I'm not chill about. Like if they were like, you can make your own Buster Sword. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I will. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, is honestly cool, how man. I feel about Star Wars. I just don't talk about it as much because like talking about Star Wars in a post slash Jedi world is just like yeah exhausting oh for sure there's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a strange man who's like well how can I ruin your day yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't get into the specifics of it but somebody asked me to explain to them why less Jedi is good recently in maybe the worst environment to ever ask somebody that question um yeah and I don't want to say any more than that for personal reasons but like it was like there is no place worse to ask somebody their opinion on a movie that you've already exhausted yourself thinking and talking about yeah um, oh my god and it that's just, just what just, star wars does to people now yeah it's 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 such a big property that i think it, it mathematically there's the most people talking about it so you're gonna get like the hyperbolic shit everywhere yeah you know i mean we see that even with pokemon where it's like yes absolutely you know, a, a game comes out and yeah i mean like again pokemon like, is the likes, biggest ip in the world, in the world. it right. is the highest grossing thing ever like of, of course you know people are Someone's gonna, gonna be like we never saw pikachu's training why are they so powerful like, <laughs> fuck off <laughs> i mean you're extremely right though it, yeah. it is it is why i was so like reticent to even talk about like this game is one that i was just playing for me and i wasn't going to talk about on the show originally yeah. um but i mean it does so many things so well and and answers a lot of questions that you and i have asked on this show very literally that i, I think it was worth bringing up um, for sure and i'm probably going to play the rest of it because i'm I'm just compelled to now. We never saw Mr. Mistopheles training. How is he so powerful at magic? Yeah, why do some cats know magic and some don't? We never saw Rum Tum Tugger's training. <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> why can Rebel Wilson take her skin off? Is that magic? That is actually a question I want to have. It's also seeming like the callback is what makes it stand out. Like she does right. it to escape. Right. Introducing her skin as a Chekhov's gun is like the wildest choice that movie makes somehow. Yeah. Anyway, I think let's wrap up because I don't want to get back into cats. <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah, I'll just wrap everything up with saying Jedi Fallen Order. It is a very uh, mixed recommendation. I, I am very happy with it, but I understand that it's not uh, for everybody. Um, but I've also seen some extremely glowing reviews. So I think yeah. if, if what I have said here uh, sounds interesting to you, then it's worth picking up. It, it sounds like the risks it's taking will pay off in some way in the future. This is what I'm picking up from what you said. You know, I think yeah. like I think trying to balance all those genres is, is a pretty tough feat. And I think uh, it sounds like it's it's if you're enjoying it, that's all that really matters. I will ask, you know, just because we just did our, our goatee episode. Do you think this would have made the list if you had played it? before the year ended um honestly i don't know if it would be top 10 um yeah. but i also don't know how it ends and the ending from what i've heard is is really really strong um so maybe it, yeah it might have honestly well, we, we can revisit that when we do our goatee episode of 2020 and we like reflect on 2019 yeah yeah i'd be interested yeah. to see where it where it lands but i mean just looking at my list again right now i don't think it would make the top 10 i don't even think it would like as as i talked about a lot in that recording like even the number 10 spot was so contested between five different games um, yeah. 
control judgment guildlings uh outer wilds and death stranding that like i don't think that this game would beat any of those five for that spot so and uh, that's not the dunk yeah. on the game for just a testament to how strong 2019 was and yeah, uh it sounds exactly. like it's a fun game yeah uh, i'm looking forward to hearing more about it once you beat it yeah cool cool you want to wrap what up an episode uh, yeah i feel much better now yeah <laughs> after <laughs> after our cats flew yeah let's get out of here Punch and Chewy. Um, Punch and Chewy. You know that Chewbacca has a nephew named Lobaka? Yeah, I did know that. Unfortunately. And they can use the Force. Yeah, I love them. That's my know, Star Wars um, fun fact. Did you know that the uh, the alien who plays the clarinet in Jabba's Palace is named Droopy McCool? Yes. Uh, my friend and I have a weird idea for a movie called like Max Rebo's Big Chance, and it's like all about that band. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the episode title i can feel it yeah i can see the photoshop i don't i don't want to i don't want to take it from you and your friends we can no, find something wh- else whatever you want to do Ugh, excuse me you can cut that yawn out aj let's wrap up he can uh, but will he th- thanks as always uh for listening <laughs> we just recently uh by the time this episode comes out it is a week after we released both our goatee episode and our bonus both of which are extremely long and we hope you enjoy them take your time with them uh it's <laughs> <laughs> it is both a testament to the support we've gotten that we like could confidently record an episode that long and be like, yes, someone will like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, my expectation um, is that nobody will listen to any of our episodes. So whenever anybody listens to any of them, I'm I'm amazed. Uh and yeah. the fact that anybody will or has listened to <laughs> either of those is incredible. So thank you so but, much. Um, as we start the new year, I'm just so honestly, I'm, I'm so grateful for for being part of the show and part of the community that's growing around it. It has become such a constant. It's like when you make a really good friend and it's like, how did I ever live without this person? That's how I feel about <laughs> yeah. you and the show and uh, Cats 2019. No, for real. <laughs> for real. I, I mean, everything. Honestly, even with Cats, I'm definitely better off having seen it. Me um, too. I feel like I've become yeah. a, a, a better, more well-rounded person. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel great. It's like it's like in Katamari when that people get rolled up and they're screaming and then at the end they're like, wow, I feel great in space about to become a star. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't even mention this. My favorite thing. I don't know why this reminded me. My favorite thing in, in Jedi Fallen Order is when there's a bunch of stormtroopers and you have taken out all of them except one. They just start going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. As you just fucking hack at them with your lightsaber. And then you, you look at them and go, what's a jellical cat? <laughs> Um, but sincerely thank you for all your support and thank you for listening yes Um, if you like the show uh, the best way to help it grow is to share it with a friend uh, if you think they'll enjoy uh, the content that we are providing (laughs) this episode's (laughs) definitely a litmus test so maybe send it first and if they can get through this they can get through anything yeah we really appreciate it if you really like the show you can review it on Apple Podcasts out of five stars Um, you can write a review if you want to put it into words but rating it is just fine Uh, if you really 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 like the show we do have a patreon uh, patreon.com slash into the cast we have three tiers currently uh, for a dollar you get a shout out for three dollars you get access to a high-res uh, image of our episode art with a mobile wallpaper variants as well and for five dollars you get a monthly subscription to our monthly newsletter uh, that newsletter will feature writing from both myself and brendan and some artwork uh, sometimes from myself sometimes from other artists and often 
writing from other people as well. Uh, we're really excited to see that take shape. Uh, it's it's our goal with that is to have it be a very collaborative, almost kind of zine esque thing. Um, and every quarter we have a public issue uh, that is available for everyone. We actually just released that on Medium.com/slash into the cast in December. Um, and our very first issue is also still available for everyone uh, from I think September or you know earlier uh, last year. Um, yeah, so that's up if you want to read it. And if you like it and want to see more, you can... Uh, currently, that's the only paywall that we have for like stuff we're making. The bonus episodes exist because of the Patreon, but those will always be available for everyone. And as we move into 2020, I think we're also open to doing more stuff, uh, having more tiers or, or more things you're getting. So that's a work in progress. If you ever have any feedback, please share it. Uh, we're, we're very open to that. That I mean, we've mentioned this before. The The idea that the Patreon even exists was from feedback. People reached out and were like, how can we support the show? And we're like, I didn't know anyone was listening. Why do people want to give us money? <laughs> but again, I mean, we're selling ourselves short, but like that was amazing that people wanted to support the show that badly. So that exists because of feedback and more can exist because of you. We have a Twitter page. If you want to follow us, it's at into the cast as well. We've got a Twitch account, which we're starting to stream more. It's very inconsistent. Uh, I think eventually we'll find a schedule that works, but basically that's just sort of like whenever um, that's twitch.com or switch.t <laughs> twitch.biz uh, twitch.tv into the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else? What else? What else? We have an email address if you want to email us about anything. It's into the aether podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. This is before the into the cast convenience. Yeah, send us your uh, offers for Little Caesar's promo codes. <laughs> <laughs> Little Caesar is the pizza cat. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just one slice is nice for me. I'm Little Caesar. I'll never be free because I'm in the <laughs> kitchen making za. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit it's crap everyone hide we're closed <laughs> knock knock i want pizza anyway jesus christ <laughs> um that's it i think that's all we got oh uh, we should do our shout out do you have the list i open, sure do uh oh, yeah. thank you ever to everybody who uh does support the patreon at the moment um those people at the time of this recording at least i should mention because we're recording this a little bit earlier than usual um Akira, Alex, Andrew D, another Andrew D, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Millie, Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Salute, Peasy, Scout, Spencer, and Trevor. Uh, thank you all for backing the show. Really means a lot. And uh, I do think that is it. That is everything. That's everything. Yeah. Moving forward 2020, I'm really excited to have yet another full year doing the show. It's kind of crazy how fast time is going. We've been doing the show now for a year and a half. Uh, so season three will begin in June. Um, but like it just I <gasps> want to just highlight how exciting it is to begin 2020. Oh, what's up? I forgot. We didn't even mention. We're back to the original music. We're back to the season one music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we decided um, we were trying out some new stuff in season two. We wanted to match the new The Quest Continues uh, theme with some more kind of fantasy music. But the the only kind of constant, arguably negative feedback we got, <laughs> got was like everyone preferred the first song. Like everyone. Yeah. And like that was the only like I would get like 
probably like two to three texts every month that was like, I have to say, I prefer the original music. I'm like, I get it. We'll change it. <laughs> we, we were planning on changing it back for, for, uh, as a gift for the beginning of this year. So, um, not to say we'll never change it again. I think, you know, there's always room for experimentation, but I think for the time being, you can, you can rest assured that that will just be the Into the Aether intro song. Uh, unless like we find something that fits even better, but we're not just going to change it for each season like we were originally planning to. Yeah, I imagine the art and stuff will still change per season, but um, oh yeah, yeah. That I mean that song change. is good, so we'll keep it. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep that. So uh, you've been heard. We we changed it back. Uh, I hope. Hi, I hope, I we're hope Electronic happy. Arts. We're listening. Ew. I'm the electronic cat. Sorry. (laughs) Well, time Um, to leave. Uh, My name is Brenda Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brenda Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a jellicle day. Have a jellicle day, everyone. I'm Brendan Bigley, the podcast cat. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought in my head that crap is the reply guy cat because we never saw saw their training. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, on that note, goodbye. Goodbye. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.